Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story about making a check very expensive. But first, teenage malicious compliance. Half a century or so ago, when I was a teenager, I was sitting in the living room watching TV with my girlfriend. My father was there too. Girlfriend and I were wrapped in a blanket. Dad said, one blanket per person. So I got a second blanket and wrapped it around both of us too. Dad didn't say anything else. P.S. Girlfriend is now my wife and has been for over 40 years. Although they initially disapproved, you gotta appreciate parents that aren't going to be overly controlling about you and your relationship. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is The Summer You Could Get Hold of Social Services. Some 14 years ago, I was working my first job out of high school. I was working as a phone operator over summer for social services. At the time, I was happy for the job, but I also felt somewhat guilty for getting it, as my boss's boss 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 just so happened to be my mother. It wasn't mentioned in the interview, but I could clearly tell the person interviewing me knew as she was rather advertising herself and her department than actually interviewing me. This led to me going in with a determination to not only prove myself, but to excel at what I was doing. Turns out that it's quite difficult to get a hold of just anyone at the social services during summer break. Sweden more or less shuts down during the summer. As it happens, I was still living with my mother at the time, and while eating dinner together, I complained about the difficulty of getting hold of the correct people. It frequently happened that people didn't sign out of their phones or redirect them properly, and therefore people seeking help didn't get their issues resolved, and in some cases didn't have money for food and the like. At this point, my mother told me that if I was unable to get hold of someone in a department, I should just forward them to the person above them. I'm sure you can see where this is going. The phone operator has the power to forward calls even when people are checked out for holiday. I figured that since my mother was the top dog, I would just forward the calls to her if I was unable to help people get their issues resolved. Turns out that my mother doesn't much enjoy working on her holidays and really didn't enjoy the reason for her having to work was that people didn't pick up their phones when they were supposed to. This lovely piece of malicious compliance lasted for a whole two days. 
Turns out that people get a lot better at picking up their phones when they either pick it up or get hunted down by the top boss who's currently on holiday. Two days later, a very serious looking delegation, seven people in suits, showed up at my tiny telephone operator office with lists of who would be available what hours of the day and who was a backup for who in case the line was full or the first one for some reason failed to pick up. Turns out, people get a lot better at their jobs when they realize that their boss's son is the one watching them, talking to all their clients and gossiping with the top boss over dinner. When I spoke with my mother after the fact, it turned out that she didn't expect me to start using her as the backup drain for all the calls that couldn't be connected properly. Also turns out that she enjoys her time off, and after the calls I forwarded to her, she would call the person who the call should have gone to herself and ask why things weren't working as intended. Seems that piece of news spread like wildfire. I guess it just goes to show that sometimes it's worthwhile to have connections. Nepotism, I guess, sometimes works out. It's just really sad and underwhelming that this had to happen in social services. You know, something that people really rely on. Our next story is from Heshi94. Everybody follows superior's orders, even towards downhill. About five months ago, I started a new job as an executive at an engineering company. I'm much younger than other colleagues at the same level, so I was faced with a lot of hostility from them. To prove myself, I had to work smarter and harder than ever. Within my authority, I cancelled attendance police on the units under my command and moved to management by objective. Basically, it works list for the week, and whenever an employee finished, he's free. So most of them would work like 12 to 14 hours for three days and have minimal or no work for the other two and have long weekends. It's a win-win situation. Nothing's late, and employees enjoy more personal time. In meetings, I'd be called off for having undisciplined subordinates, and I would stand my grounds defending them. Last quarter report indicated unheard of performance from my units, which made me proud of course, but the acrimony in the air was choking. A few days later, about a month ago, I got a call to the meeting room. Some executives with the CEO are present. I've been told that my acts are negatively affecting other departments and causing stoppage, and everybody demanding the same treatment as yours. I said no problem, then why don't other executives do the same? To keep it short, a verbal fight broke off. Basically, I got very angry, lost control, and stated that I should be the CEO since I'm more capable than others in the room. All of them are older than me by at least 15 years. Immediately after that, the CEO said I'm demoted to the rank of engineer until further notice, and another executive is in charge of my unit. I stayed calm and said yes sir, then returned to my office. My subordinates gathered for the weekly meeting, and I broke the news for them that I'm no longer your boss, and told them the whole story. Came the new boss and they cancelled every policy I made, and was the annoying boss cliche of trying to impose his authority, I complied with everything he demanded while preparing to depart the company. My ex-subordinates kept demanding me to do anything and regain my position, but I just declined every time. They would say, we'll follow your orders and we'll ignore the boss, but I would say no. Then all of them united and did the same as me doing exactly as demanded without questioning. I don't know why, but other departments followed along, just applying orders without any questions. This caused a lot of delays and errors all over the company. In just one month, the situation was bad enough, 
catch the attention of chairman of the board. Yesterday I got called to the chairman's office. By the way, he's the one who assigned me the role from the beginning. I found the CEO present as well. The story was already told after he noticed my absence from four weekly meetings. Basically, I got a proposition to regain my position, but to consider the consultation of CEO before any decision. I refused, either more than before, or I'm leaving. After a rant from the CEO, it was settled that I regained my powers for now. But honestly, I wouldn't question leaving if a good opportunity presented itself soon. I think this is one of those situations where you keep lobbying to the higher-ups, the chairman, that you deserve a better role because you have the statistical evidence to back you up. You, when in control and running the show, have much greater productivity. OP said they had a quarter with unheard of performance. If that isn't something to take with you and go straight to the top and say, look what I've done and look what they're trying to snuff out, then I don't know what is. Our next story is, I'm okay if you want to do my job. So this happened a few years ago at a former workplace. Basically, our work structure was manager, senior staff, and workers. I was a senior staff member. The senior staff had to do the same amount of work as everyone else, but also provide some leadership, technical expertise, and there was quality compliance tasks mandated by law to be done each month. In return for this work level, the pay was excellent. We employed a young, enthusiastic worker straight from university called, let's say, Sally. Sally spent the first year working really hard and learning her trade. She also came from money. Mom and dad bought her a new car when she finished university. She was living in one of their investment properties rent and utility free. She had an attitude that she deserved things. After about 12 months working, she made it clear that she should be senior staff and that should happen soon. She was 10 years off from this at least and didn't have the personality for it either. She was soon in the manager's office telling him how well the place is run by him, but seniors aren't doing an optimum job and she could do some of the senior tasks. She asks for one of the senior compliance tasks and is given it. The boss agrees with Sally and thinks the senior mustn't be very able. The boss informs the senior that she is not to do this anymore. She happily agrees, knowing this task is actually quite complex. The senior in the role confides in me that she's happy to watch Sally fail with this task. Sally is sent for a week's training at HQ and returns with an attitude that she's now a senior. She isn't, still just a worker. After about three months, she asks the boss again for more tasks and asks for my compliance task. The boss thinks Sally is a rising star and clearly since I make no noise about my compliance role, I mustn't be doing an optimum job. I argue, but he insisted I shouldn't do this task anymore, so I agree, and send Sally the government rules about this compliance. It's 600 pages long. She freaks out and tries to back out. I remind her that she wanted this, and so here it is. The boss is ignorant to all of this. A month later, Sally takes a job elsewhere, citing her advanced role she was doing, and leaves. When she left, we soon discovered that she hadn't done any of these extra compliance tasks, leaving the company needing to rectify this immediately. The boss asked myself and the other senior to clean up the mess and do the work. We both refused, citing his previous instructions about not doing this task anymore. Same money and role, but less work for us. He's now left with the tasks on top of his growing workload as no one else can do them. 
On her exit interview, Sally trashed the boss as well, and he had to explain all of this to HR. If you were in OP's position, you couldn't thank your boss more. They came to you and said, hey, stop working on the extremely difficult task you're doing. You are to no longer do that, but you'll still get the same pay. Well, okay, deal. That said, our final story of the day is a very expensive check. This malicious compliance is not my own. It was related to me by my mother many decades ago, but it's also not hers. She just got to play her part in the story. But since she died decades before Reddit existed for her to share it with all of you wonderful people, I'll pass it on for her. This is a case of an intended malicious compliance being countered by an even more malicious compliance. My mother is, at this time, a manager in the central processing office of a now defunct major regional bank, easily the largest bank in our region back in the day. She receives a rather odd check for processing and refuses to run it until she has the full story on what is happening. So here's what she learns. A rancher has been in a land dispute with one of his neighbors, and it's not gone amicably. We're not privy to the exact nature of the issue, but it seems to have something to do with water rights. Either way, it ends up in court, and after a long, hard-fought battle of legal wills, the rancher loses and is ordered to pay a certain amount of damages to his neighbor by a certain date. Well, that's not a happy thing for the rancher. So he decides that while he must pay, there is absolutely nothing in the court order that says he has to make it easy on his adversary. Malicious compliance engaged. He shaves the spot on the rump of one of his cows and carefully writes out a check for the full amount of the court ordered damages on the skin of the bovine. He then has one of his trucks deliver the cow to his neighbor to settle the account. Alive? chewing, pooping cow. After checking with the bank, the neighbor concludes that it is perfectly legal for the rancher to write a check on anything. And the rancher makes it perfectly clear that this is the only way he intends to settle the debt. But just like folks who decide to settle an annoying bill with thousands of coins, sometimes find themselves victims of their own malicious intent, the neighbor's malicious compliance trumps the rancher's. The neighbor loads the cow onto one of his own trucks and takes it to the rancher's bank, the bank of issuance, and cashes it against a cashier's check, made out to him for the same amount. This he then deposits at his own bank with no difficulty or challenge. Meanwhile, the rancher's bank has to order a truck and driver to deliver the cow check to its central processing office several hours drive away. This is where my mother comes into the story. She has to cancel the check and process it. She uses a paper substitute to run through the computer system for it, just like they do for any checks that come in that are too badly wrinkled or damaged to run safely through the system. After the cow check had been properly processed and the money deducted from the rancher's account, she then opts to not store the check with his other canceled checks to return with his monthly statement, but instead orders it returned immediately to the rancher. And then... After the dust settles, the real fallout of the neighbor's malicious compliance is felt. Since the cow check involves a great deal of special handling at the bank's expense, the bank assesses appropriate fees that more than cover the expenses in processing it. If the neighbor cashes it at his own bank, he gets to pay those fees. But since he cashed it in at the rancher's bank, 
the rancher now gets to pay what amounts to an additional 25% fee on top of the court-ordered settlement. The only cost to the neighbor was 10 miles of gas for the round trip to the bank, a trip he routinely makes anyway, and the time spent getting the bank to verify that the cow check is a legitimate instrument that can be cashed. When telling me this story, my mother tells me it is the most expensive check she ever processed. I'm just sat here blown away and very surprised that you can literally write a check on the side of a cow and get that cashed. Now I know when the Powerball gets over a billion dollars again and I inevitably win, how I'm going to be paying for all of my things. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely awesome story of malicious compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.